Yeah, I don't think that's the right button. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Welcome to Be The Line, a podcast dedicated to helping you stand out. I am the greatest. Be unique. I don't know how to quit this, but I'm kind of a big deal. And separate yourself from the pack. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Whether you want to market a business, a brand, or simply yourself, you must be the line. The world has enough lemons. This is developing into a very bad habit. Here's your host, who doesn't play well with others and has a third-grade report card to prove it, Fred Rui. Welcome to episode three of Be The Lime. Wow, that's three's like a habit, right? At some point, you know, you get going, uh, was it three or four or five? How many things before it becomes a habit? I don't know. Once again, I'm Fred Rui. Welcome to Be The Lime. This is episode three. We are calling this the Golden Goose. And for those of us, uh, those of us, <laughs> those of you, I'm, I've been here. Uh, for those of you just joining us, Be The Lime is all about being unique and standing out from the pack, whether your own personal life, your business, your brand. We talk about the kind of things that make people what I call limes, uh, not lemons. You know, the world has enough lemons, so let, let's kind of stand out. So you can also visit me online at bethelime.com and sign up for some really cool stuff you can use right now to kind of kickstart your uniqueness, if you will. So uh, last week we talked about social laryngitis. So I'm hoping that you're out there actually putting that stuff into action. One of the big goals of this this whole podcast is to kind of give you something you can do immediately to affect change in your business, your brand, your personal uh, agenda, if you will. So uh, last week, social laryngitis was when you, you know, don't, didn't know what to say online, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or website or whatever. So if that sounds like you and you don't know how to kind of keep that conversation going, you might want to go back and download that episode. But this week, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, the golden goose. And I, and I purposely didn't didn't give anything more away than that. This is the magic bullet when it comes to marketing when it's done right. Uh, most people know about it, few people do it, and even fewer people do it right. So what are we talking about? And you're going to know right when I say these two words why I did not even put this in the title of the podcast because some people wouldn't even have made it this far and that would have been a huge, huge mistake. So listen to me and listen and tell you why this is what you want to do. And I, of course, I'm talking about, if you haven't guessed it already, email marketing. Now, if you just rolled your eyes and had visions of spammers hitting your email box with Viagra and tinnitus ads, then uh, this episode is really, really for you. Um, you can email market without burning your list and getting people pissed off. Matter of fact, if done right, people look forward to emails from you and can, it can have an immediate effect on your bottom line. So uh, insert the word sales, if you will, here. Um, this is it, it's probably one of the most exciting areas for me. It's one of the areas that I love the most and it's the most misunderstood because of the spammers out there and everybody, everybody really, really misunderstands what you can do with email. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Even if you don't even know who you're going to email yet, we're going to talk about that. So why do so many companies make the big mistake that thinking that email lists don't apply to them? So first of all, 
you know, let's talk about a list just in general. A list is basically a collection of information you have on your clients or customers. Uh, it doesn't matter where they come from. At the most basic level, it's having at least their email address. Since I do most of my personal marketing online, which is by choice because I like to travel. I like to go all over the world and, and do whatever and kind of take off and have a laptop and still be in business. So, you know, my personal choice of contact information is doing email. I'm very motivated to get an email address. Now, having an email address means I can market to people whenever I want at essentially zero cost. Now I say essentially zero cost because there's a small nominal cost of having a database and we'll talk about that in another episode as far as you know what it costs online that basically where to store these names and you know the mail you can mail them all in from your computer but I mean that would just take forever and, and why would you do that there's some much better better tools out there that we'll talk about and actually there's, there's some additional blog posts if you go to be the some of the articles a couple of the articles I actually talk about and recommend a couple of services you can use so Proper list building and marketing can add a substantial boost to the bottom line of any business. Even if even if you think yours does not apply, uh, I, I I think in in all this time of all my clients, I think I've only found one that I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not sure that there is a fit here, but it's pretty rare. So if you have an online business, obviously the results are clear. You're you're you have something to sell. You put a link in the email, and they click and buy. That's that's pretty easy. Any affiliate marketing online, very much very much the same same thing. Now there's a whole lot more to it, and we'll get into future episodes. But I want to keep this at a thirty thousand foot level for now, and I want to take on the let's start with an offline example. Okay, you know, online again, you're selling a product online, you're linking over to Amazon, you're linking over to your store, you're linking via PayPal, whatever it may be. But let's just talk about a brick and mortar store or a restaurant or something like that. Okay, matter of fact, let's talk, let's take restaurants. So let's say you own a small restaurant that specializes in seafood. Okay. And for the weekend, you order 50 pounds of halibut to be delivered on Thursday, because Thursday would be when you'd probably want to get halibut. And when the order comes in, you accidentally get 500 pounds of halibut, which frankly sounds like a lot of halibut for me, so I, this should work for our exercise. So you ordered 50, and Thursday 500 pounds came in. So after a lengthy conversation with your, your halibut supplier, you both agree that the additional 450 pounds is yours at just some kick-butt discount unheard of in the halibut industry or whatever what industry you would call it. So now things are about to get fishy. Oh, God, that was the worst joke ever, wasn't it? No time for any traditional print media because we got halibut going bad in the, in the back here. You can throw a sign out front, but what are the odds that someone walks by with a halibut craving that you just happen to have the sign out for? But you do have an ace in the hole if you've got email. You have an email list of people that have come into your restaurant and you have permission to contact them via email. We'll talk about how you got those emails a little bit later. But now it's time to kind of call, call in that mark, if you will. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk over to the computer. We're going to type out a short email that uh, you know lets them know about the halibut. Because we, we've got now 500 pounds of halibut. And we got a great deal on that under 450 pounds. But honestly, if we can't move it. Now, this may be due to excess halibut in your case. This may be just an off-the-wall special you want to make. Maybe you made cupcakes and you're like, I got a lot of cupcakes. Maybe I sell uh, socks and I have a lot of socks. Doesn't matter what the business. You can call me, we can talk about it, and I will guarantee you I'm going to find an email campaign for you that's going to work. But let's go back to our little halibut guy because we're kind of leaving him on the hook, so to speak. Boy, this is just going to be bad pun episode, isn't it? So if I was writing the email, I would probably write something like in the email subject line, which, you know, obviously you got to get their intention. 
I would probably say how I gained 450 pounds. Now, if I'm getting that email from someone I know and I see an email subject line that says how I gained 450 pounds, I'm reading that email. I'm sorry. I'm at least going to open up that email. So then I would actually say something like, our fish company just made a whale of a mistake. Actually, a halibut of a mistake. They just sent me an extra 450 pounds of premium halibut fillets. And I'm talking some top shelf stuff. We tried to send them back. They offered me an amazing price I could not refuse. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime kind of price and I'm passing it on to you. Here's the deal. Come in Friday or Saturday night for buy one, get one on halibut fillets. Our only rule is when they're gone, they're gone and no takeouts. Hard to believe, but at this price, I will go through 450 pounds fast. Yep, we're getting our halibut on. The distributor's losses are gain, call 555-5555 to reserve your table now. See you this weekend, Skippy. Skippy's seafood stop. Uh, P.S. This is really a once-in-a-lifetime deal, and I'm sharing this with you. My best customers make your reservation now, and then I'd probably put the phone number again. So I would send that email out to my list. Now, if I've been building my list and quartering them correctly, which is some stuff we'll talk about in some future episodes and certainly some posts on the, on the Be The Lime website, you will not only get some great email responses, you will get a big hit on reservations for the weekend and unload that halibut. And people will probably share the email. They'll probably think it's funny and they'll share it with their friends and you'll get more people. Now, here's an interesting fact. Many of the people that come in may not even order the halibut. But your email reminded of them of you in a super cool way, reminded them of your restaurant and how they'd love to come by again. Either way, you made money off your list. Now, I know what you're saying, Fred, I don't own a restaurant. I just sell XYZ uh, service or XYZ to clients. You know, I don't care if you sell rocks or provide a service that cleans rocks. There's a list to be built and money to be made from it. I've had clients with all sorts of products many of which have had products or services that, quite frankly, I never even knew existed. Even some of the more bizarre ones still had other people with the same interest that were out there looking for information. So when that happens, when you have something bizarre or, or, or something to offer and there's other people that want to want to get it, ta-da, a list is born. So if you have any product, any service you're selling, then I guarantee you there's people that want to be on that list. We just have to find them. So we've just got to get those people up to speed, have them know about your list. There's lots of ways to communicate with your list. I think email is one of the best ways to get an immediate response from your list. And having a list of people you can market to on demand can be an invaluable profit center when you need it most. And again, you have to lose the mentality of the you know um, spammers and stuff like that. So if you think you don't need an email list or think that your your business is special in some way, uh, then you know what you need to send me an email and let's talk about it because I I guarantee I can probably prove you wrong on that one. Uh, by the way, sidebar, uh, excuse me, no halibuts were harmed in this chapter. Uh, that we just talked about here. The halibuts were, are, were mentioned works of fiction. Any actual halibuts in real life resembling those mentioned in this chapter are purely coincidental. So I kind of feel like I had to say that. I, I just felt like there's somebody out there right now going, you know, okay, well, what about the halibuts? So uh, you never know. You never know. So there you go. Coincidental hal halibuts not based on fiction. So how do we even start building a list? Well, before I answer that question on how we're going to build a list, 
I want to catch up a little bit and talk about another what I call Lime of the Week and, and, and something I thought was really pretty cool that I like to share. These sometimes are case studies, and actually if you go online to be thelime.com, uh, I usually elaborate on them a little bit more. But I try to mention either a lime or a lemon in the show. So this week, it's kind of my, my lime of the week. Now, whom I chose this week is going to get a few people not agreeing with me. Uh, and I fully expect that, and that's okay, because this particular campaign did not fare well in some circles. And the only reason I bring it up, and this campaign was actually a couple months ago, but it's coming back around a little bit in a different way. So I, I want to bring it up again. It actually made... Uh, I actually made the same company a lemon of the week, I think it back in episode one. So uh, I, they're kind of redeeming themselves, or I'm giving them a shot to redeem themselves. And, I, and again, I'm talking about McDonald's. Um, and, and, and every one of these, by the way, when I bring these up, good or bad, there is some takeaway for us. So in this case, we're talking about the signs advertisement they ran a couple months back. And maybe you remember this. Uh, if not, you can certainly go to bethelime.com and look up the uh, the commercials right on our site along with um, some comments there. If you saw it, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say signs. It was a series of pictures of the McDonald's arches and the little marquee board they have underneath with a variety of messages. And if you've missed the video for some reason, like I said, you can see it on our site. But anyway, the messages on the signs say things like, you know, we believe in you, Crystal, uh, happy 30th Ed and Beth, welcome home 442nd fighter wing, uh, things like that. But they also say things that are that were tragic. So, you know, Boston Strong, uh, Pray for Drew, Save the Miners. Uh, we remember 9-11. And, you know, it was an interesting, you know, commercialists trying to show that we're part of your culture. We're, we're, we're part of being there. And so what did they do wrong? Because so many people were outraged by it. Uh, some loved it. There's a great little parody one out there, too. But some people loved it, and a lot of people, you know, really felt that it was insensitive, that they they really kind of kind of jumped the gun. It's, and it's and I don't know if it's political correctness. I don't know if it's just people taking things to extreme, or people just needing to complain about something. But some people felt that you know, hey, you're 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 mentioning tragedies to help you sell burgers, and at the end of the day, I think McDonald's is part of the community, good good and bad. And I applaud a corporation that was willing to acknowledge both the good and bad things that happen in our lives. Look, you don't have to eat at McDonald's. You don't have, but, but you do have to acknowledge that people work in those restaurants. People in your community work in those restaurants. And there may be employees there that work in those restaurants, that earn their income in those restaurants, that are later spending money in your restaurant or your business or your service or your brand. And everyone gets affected by good and bad. So I think that, you know, the limited backlash McDonald's received uh, certainly points them in the right direction. I think they were kind of surprised that people were critical of it, and it gives them something to focus on for the coming year here. But I would also, um, you know, some people have said, well, that absolutely should have been the lemon of the week, but I'm on the other side of the fence. I've got to give them a lime of the week. I thought it was a good message. They weren't afraid of, of dealing both the positive and negative what happens in the world. Uh, and, and, you know, with a bazillion McDonald's out there, they're certainly part of the community. So they definitely get my lime of the week. So back where we left off, uh, I was convincing you the benefit of an email list, the immediate benefit of an email list, and that it costs you next to nothing to build and next to nothing to send out an email and can have, you know, just, just incredible results right away. So 
it's why I used, I think when, when, when used right, it's the golden goose of marketing for individuals, brands, and businesses. So how do you even start building a list? And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about list management in another episode. Cause really, I mean, I could, I could talk about this for literally hours as far as how to run campaigns and what we want them to respond to. And, you know, choose your own adventure where you literally have people based on what they respond to, they get different email series and it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful way to do it. And that's my favorite part. When I work with clients, it's my favorite part of sitting down and going, okay, let's talk about who your customer is and where do we want them to go and what, you know, what's the process. But I want to keep this again, you know, like I said last week, a 30,000 foot level. So let's talk about even just starting to build a list. And there are many ways to get a list going. Um, you know, fill out your name on a piece of paper, collect business cards, an online form. Uh, personally, I like online the best because it's easy to manage. And there's some great companies out there that make list building, uh, you know, a really easy process to manage. If you have a website, people are already there. So it's pretty obvious. You can have a sign up form on your website. And we can talk about which ones are good and which ones are bad in another episode. But if you have a brick and mortar business, this is where a lot of brick and mortar businesses go, well, this doesn't apply to me. I got a brick and mortar business. I got a hardware store. I got a donut shop. I got, you know, I sell flowers, whatever it may be. You know, all you need is an iPad mini or a tablet and right by the register with a little quick form on it that is name and email. Um, they make these cool little uh, mounts for them now. So no one's going to steal it. It's mounted down there. And, you know, you, you have, they put in their name and address and now you've got them in your email list. And let's just say people who visit your website have the opportunity to sign in and get on your list. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this many times when on sites you visited. So it's no different when they go up to the register at a brick and mortar uh, business that they should be doing the same thing. So let's go over a couple of rules here um, from, from the perspective of the person that's going to give you the email. So rule number one is why should I sign up for your emails? Look, I, I, I'm not stupid. I know if I give you my name and email, you're going to send me crap. And I just hope it's not Viagra and tinnitus ads and that you're actually sending me something that's going to be of interest to me. It is an exchange. When people come to your site or your business and are presented with an email sign up, they know what's coming emails and people get plenty of emails. So they want to know if they sign up for yet another email message to clutter up their inbox. There better be some value. Now, this is going to be done in basically a couple of ways. The one is an immediate bribe. So uh, a bribe is something that the person will immediately get. A free lunch, an extra piece of pie, a dozen flowers, 50% off their next purchase, a cup of coffee, a free bag of hammers, uh, a special report on unicorns, wh whatever it may be, whether you're online or offline you are essentially bribing somebody. It's called a bribe because that's exactly what you're doing. You're bribing them for an email address. You want the email address. And in exchange, you're going to give them some shiny object they want, that they think it's worth the trade. Now, it's not a bad thing. It's just a fair exchange of information. Their email in exchange for insert bribe here. I am presented with these all the time online. And I'm sure you are too. Sometimes I find the bribe to be worth it and sign up and give them my email. Other times I don't. So most people are of the immediate benefit mentality. So an immediate bribe is usually the best route. It's usually, it's, it's usually the first choice. Now the immediate bribe has an expiration on it. So if I walk into your business or I'm, a, I'm on your website or I'm learning about your product or your brand or your services and I, you give me an immediate bribe. I give you my email. I give you my name. You give me an immediate bribe. I know you're going to now send me emails, 
okay? That has an expiration. Now, I haven't figured out exactly what that expiration on is because it really depends on the type of content you're sending me, but just because you gave me that bribe doesn't mean you have the right to email me a year from now or six months from now or four weeks from now, depending on what it is you're emailing me and what the relationship is. So the other route that you can go to get an email is called an ongoing benefit. Now, this is implied, but if you don't have a bribe, then you have to be very careful with this. You don't want to give people the impression that they will see their inbox jammed with emails from you every hour. I would say something like, from time to time, we pass on special opportunities to our exclusive guests via email. Now, that sounds reasonably fair to me, but, and again, we're going to have another episode where we talk about this a lot, lot more, but when you send me an email, there needs to be value. There needs to be value. Last week, I talked about a ratio uh, in emails. I think it's about 5 to 1 uh, on social media. I think it's 10 to 1 or even greater than that, 12 to 1, 15 to 1. But that basically means for, for every five emails you send me, one of them can be selling me something or it better be damn entertaining and you're selling me at the same time. And we talked last week about article hijacking and bandwagon jacking and things like that. And those are some great ways to actually sneak in a sale but still be sending me information that I'm enjoying and getting your emails and want to stay on your list. Because if everybody opts out, then it doesn't do any good. Now, don't get pissed off when somebody opts out. It just happens. But if you get start getting more opt-outs, or even worse, they're not reading it, they're not clicking through, then that might as well be a dead list. And a lot of people have dead lists out there that they don't recognize. And I'll get a client go, oh, I've got 10,000 names. And we send out an email and I realize that, you know, four people have opened them. And it's like, well, we got to get these people back into the fold. We got to get them, you know, participating again. And we got to change the message that's going out. So, you know, again, bribe upfront, some sort of bribe to get that email. And it needs to be inferred and it needs to be executed on that there's going to be value going forward. And if you're going to sell, just like I talked about last week, in an email, don't sell me every single email. I don't want to have, it's, it, it's like that annoying you know, family member that the only time they call you is when they need money. So how do you feel when that person calls and you take a look at your phone and you see it's Skippy calling you and you know every time Skippy calls you, they want money? Now, if you think about it, it's the exact same when when a business is trying to get you to go buy something. If if that you know if this person keeps sending me an email and every time they send me an email is hey you need to come in and buy this you need to come in and buy this it's like oh, same thing with you know some weird family member that I'm looking at going you know I'm just not going to answer this call because all they ever do the only time they call me is when they want money. Well, that's essentially what it is coming from the business. The only time that business emails me is when they want my money. So I want value beyond that. So that's why I always talk about the ratios of. Let's give them additional information that is valuable, but not trying to sell them. Okay, so that's rule number one. Rule number one basically is that we, you know, why should I sign up for emails? And it really needs to be a bribe or ongoing benefit. Uh, certainly always a bribe in my, in my opinion. And then the ongoing benefit uh, should be implied, but should also be executed. Rule number two, C double. C double S E E double. So no matter what kind of bribe you offer, with few exceptions, I recommend you using what is called a double opt-in. Uh, and you'll actually have this whatever service you use online, whether it's Infusionsoft, Aweber, uh, Mailchimp, whatever it may be. Uh, it's an industry standard that protects those signing up on your list and ensures you have valid emails. Uh, basically, what happens is if I sign up on your list, then I'm going to get an email that I have to click on to confirm by clicking that link that I want to be on your list. It also means you're not spamming anyone. 
your list provider is more than happy to to provide that information. Matter of fact, most accounts will all default at double opt-in. Uh, the downside to double opt-in is, is that you're going to have people that just never click the confirm. Really bizarre. And I don't deliver bribes uh, typically until after they've clicked the confirm. And there's just this fallout. There's just It, it just disappears. But uh, the nice thing is, is when somebody really shoots at you for, you know, if spamming or, you know, saying I didn't spam, uh, when you have a double opt-in list, basically your list providers are going to go, no, they're doing everything right. So uh, just, you know, keep in mind a double opt-in is certainly the way to go on that. Rule number three, uh, you know, I should have to even say this, you know, just be professional, uh, a.k.a. don't be a dork. Um, I actually used the, the word the other day, uh, other, a word other than dork, but um, Tracy made me take that out. Uh, not in this podcast, just when I was talking about things I was going to say, but I want to mention uh, three things here. Um, don't send out too many emails. Okay, so don't send out too many emails. Don't send emails that have nothing to do with why they signed up in the first place. So if I signed up to, you know, get information about football, don't send me stuff about hockey. Or if I send information to get motivational quotes from you, don't send me nutritional information unless you found a way to do that. Uh, and there are some great ways to do that. But just, just as a general rule, don't send me stuff. You know, it'd be like I signed up, you know, uh, to get health food information from you. And then all of a sudden I'm getting how to trade in the stock market. Okay, that's a, probably a better example. Something just so remotely different that it makes no sense. I can't make the connection. Just because you can make the connection doesn't mean that I can. So, uh, and, and again, don't make everything about selling them something. Very, very important. So professional doesn't mean, by the way, you can't have fun or personable with your list. Um, matter of fact, quite the opposite. Uh, most of my emails are not serious. Uh, most of my emails are just having a good time. Um, it's why actually when, when people are talking to me doing this podcast, I'm like, okay, so I'm not really a whole scripted kind of guy. I'm not really, um, you know, I'm not going to edit these podcasts. Everybody's like, oh, you got a lot of time for editing. I mean, basically I start it and then I end it. So if I have to cough, sneeze, uh, drink some soda, whatever it may be along the way, uh, you're probably going to hear that until because everybody's like, oh, we'll edit them for you. We'll put them up. And I'm like, you know, I just don't have time for that. So, um, you know, email, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I try not to make, you know, grammar mistakes, which I do. Uh, and I try not to make, you know, spelling errors and, and, and everything else. And, and I do. Uh, well, I guess spelling is grammar. So I just, I, I'm redundant now. But basically, um, you know, don't don't worry that everything all has to, you know, all your ducks have to be in a row and, and, and everything else. Just just get it out there and be genuine about it. And then that comes off um, very, very good. You know, most people have businesses that exist only online. For those businesses, online list building can be the biggest factor in success or failure. Matter of fact, if you show me a successful online business that is not building and utilizing a list, I'll show you a company that's probably could double or even triple their profits. Uh, I had a client, a very, very well, well-known client that, that I can't even mention the name because most of my clients have to be are, are kept confidential, but you would certainly know this person. And I was amazed at the size of their database. Uh, this is celebrity status here. And they weren't even talking to them. They weren't doing anything. And it was just so much money left on the table. And it wasn't hard to do. But, you know, you start somewhere. You start with a small list and you move your way up. But I've see, I see the big guys make the same, same mistake. So what about people that walk into your business, not a website? Well, there are many ways to handle that in person. But the rules are pretty much the same. 
So remember that, you know, kind of whole uh, drop your business card for win a free lunch? That that was a bribe. You gave them your business card and they you got, you know, they pulled the name for a free lunch. Now, the funny thing is, of all the business cards back when that used to be big, and I haven't seen that for a while, of all the business cards I dropped in a fishbowl and I won a few lunches, I would I would really be curious if I ever was actually even contacted by any of those people at some point. I don't rem- recall. I remember a couple of restaurants I used to go to, and maybe you did as well, where you gave them a card. And but I mean, I don't remember any marketing. And now, of course, it's really easy, you know. But there still needs to be a bribe. The business card, you know, chance to win a free lunch, that was a bribe. Uh, in person, still needs to have a reason, but also the bigger reason if you want them to get on a double opt-in list. Uh, it may be worth the expense of having, the, like I said, an Apple iPad or similar device right up where people can sign up online, but still be in a brick and mortar. And I, and I find that to be a perfect, perfect blend. You might be surprised uh, if you ask people in person and you have the right bribe, how many signups you'll get. And, you know, it's, it's much easier to keep a customer than it is to get a new one. And it's much easier to take a potential customer to a customer a customer to a raving fan. And once you have them as a raving fan, they're bringing in more business for you. And that's really where you want to get. So thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about Facebook. And we're going to talk specifically about doing some stuff on business there. So like it or not, whether you like Facebook or not, you need to know what your opportunity is there, particularly with advertising and building some goodwill. There are some fabulous, fabulous targeting advertising in there. Very, very low dollar. Matter of fact, I'm actually going to start going through some of the Be The Lime figures too because we're launching that and give show you some of the stuff we're doing there. So once again, I'm Fred Rui. Until next time, remember, be the lime. The world has enough lemons. You've been listening to Fred Rui on Be The Lime. Get even more helpful tips, strategies, and general mayhem online at BeTheLine.com. Until next time, remember, the world has enough lemons. Be The Lime.